it's also the scale that stops you living in a world that I see a lot of business owners live in, which is like the one step forward, one step back world where they employ somebody and then it doesn't work out. Or they employ one person and one person quits. Or they get two customers, but they lose a big customer, right? And so they end up bobbing around and that's really frustrating. That's the, that's the place where most people quit. Whereas if you just decide to bust through and chase top line revenue and go from 100 grand a year to 250 or 500,000 to 3 million or like whatever's in your mind, like if you just commit to going for that top line revenue, along the way, by touching more things and doing more activity, you actually find a lot more benefits. Hey, and welcome back to the podcast. Listen, I'm enjoying putting these out for you every single week. And if you're enjoying them, please do me a favor and hit the like button. That'll help with the algorithm, push it out to more people, and it'll make me feel super special. Uh, on this particular episode, I want to talk to you about the disciplines of success. The disciplines of success. But I want to steer clear of you know, the, the standard disciplines. I'm actually going to pick some really business focused disciplines rather than just personal ones, right? I've got, an, I've got another entire episode coming up on, on personal disciplines and my real spin on it. So it's not those. These are business disciplines, right? Ultimately, I just want you to scale your business. Now, for some of you, when I say scale your business, you know, you're sitting on a million and you want to go to 50. That's awesome. Some of you, when you're listening to this, you're doing 100,000 a year and you want to go to 500,000. That's awesome. Whatever scaling is for you, I just want to play a small part in doing that. And so today I want to talk to you about the disciplines of success. So we'll get straight into them. The first one I want to talk to you about is active to passive transfer. So we're talking here about cash flow, money, right? So you've got your active money, you've got your passive money, and I believe that one of the hallmarks of success and one of the things that's been phenomenal for me is to have the discipline that every single month I take a portion of my active money and I put it towards passive money. I take some money out of my business that I have to work and grind for every single day and I go and put that into investments that will ultimately produce a passive income. Now, a couple of things around that, you know, like some months are more and some months are less depending on the growth of the business, right? So, so if I'm going through a really big growth phase, then of course I'm going to scale back the amount of money that I put into my investments to produce passive income. But there are some months when it's like heaps because I don't need that capital right now in the business because I'm choosing to plateau strategically or just kind of sitting on my hands while some things catch up on the growth journey and then I can put more into that passive income stream. So, but, but for me, I made this decision uh, when the GFC hit, so 2008. I was like, you know what? I need to have a discipline so that this doesn't catch me out again. I'm going to start getting money out of it because, you know, obviously businesses came and went in the GFC. I'm like, I don't want my business to come and go. I need assets outside of my business to make me less susceptible. And so every single month from late 2008, every single month from late 2008 to today, I'm recording this in May 2022, right? So 14 years or whatever, nearly every single month, I have taken money from my active business and put it into my asset base to produce a passive income every single month without fail. Now, you might be sitting there and thinking, yeah, but I don't have a lot at the moment. I didn't either back in the beginning, right? You know, and so just to give you the actual full testimony, like I would be, I would be transferring like 60 bucks. Like I still remember there were times when I would look at my everyday account, you know, or, you know, one of my business accounts or something, and it might have, 
it might have $4,060 in it. I'm like, well, I don't need this. I'm going to take the 60 and punt it over. And I would do the same again tomorrow and the same in four days later. And sometimes a big amount of money would come in. And I'd And just having that discipline that I need to take money out of my active business and put it into my passive, put it into an asset base to produce passive every single month, driving money over there. At the start, it feels like it's going nowhere because it's little bits and little bits and little bits. But I'll tell you what, it compounds over time. And of course, as you grow a business and your active income increases, the amount you can transfer over does, right? Today, the, the monthly money that comes out of the active business and goes over to the, the passive side is, is, is probably more than I transferred in the whole two first years of doing it every month. You know, like that's because it all grows over time. Now, what happens is the passive income starts to produce its own income and it compounds and it pays itself off over time. I'm a really big believer in having a cash cow and letting my cash cow purchase assets. And if you study the wealthiest people in the world, that's what they've done. They've got a business and they're spooling up all this cash and they're taking it and they're putting it into assets. And those assets driven through time end up being the vast majority of their wealth. So, but it's a discipline. It's a discipline that has to start right now. And the reason why I say to you that it shouldn't matter about the amount, 50 bucks, 20 bucks, 200 bucks, 2000, whatever, like wherever you're at, because it's a discipline that you're gonna to have to build it anyway, you may as well start it when the numbers are small and get that discipline inside of you so that when the numbers scale up, you've still got the discipline and you won't squander the money and buy things you don't need to and all, you know, all, all the temptations that come, right? So, so every single month, literally you should do this starting May 2022 or if you watch this in three months, like this month that you're in watching this, you should literally just make a decision that says, I'm building my disciplines and I'm gonna take some of my active money and I'm gonna put it into an asset base that builds me passive income. And I'm gonna do that for the rest of my life. If you can get that inside of you, then, then everything will change. If I'm saying this and I'm resonating with you, I just want you to start to say to yourself, I'm building my disciplines. I'm building my disciplines. I'm building my disciplines, all right? Because if you can get these inside of you, they will be the things that set you apart over a five, 10, 15, 20, 40, year window all right number two actually before i do i want to have a little scriptural reference for each and this one's a little bit interesting because it's a it's a different kind of scriptural reference matthew 6 19 says do not store up for yourself treasures on earth and i want to speak into that a little for a minute because i do get a little bit of heat in the comments from people that say oh you, you know you're doing all of this but the bible says don't do it well i just want to say that the bible actually doesn't say don't store up for yourself that the bible doesn't say don't store up treasures it says don't store them up for yourself my motivation for taking money and building assets over time is because i want my assets that have predictable calculable like money every single month rent whatever dividends and then i can use that money to advance the kingdom See, if I go back to the GFC, it was an interesting dynamic. Most of the missionaries around the world had to shut up shop and come home and go and get jobs because the funding stopped because of the global financial crisis. When I saw that, I was like, we need to build sustainable giving models and passive income held by smart assets is the number one way to do that. So for me, I'm building an asset base that can contribute, give, you know, I can give the rent away from my property every single month and next month I get some more and it doesn't affect the value of the asset, right? So that's my motivation. I'm not storing up for myself treasures on earth. I'm storing up asset bases that can be used to advance the kingdom of God. Hey, sorry to butt in 
but I need you to subscribe to the show. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe and hit the bell. If you're listening to the podcast, do me a favor, share, comment, like. See, I'm the one paying the bills around here. We don't have these fancy sponsors that roll in. It's me, I'm paying the bills. And in return, I would love it if you would help me. Subscribe, like, share. All right, let's get back to the show. All right, let's get to number two. The, the second discipline of success I wanna to talk to you about is strategic patience. Strategic patience, not just patience. Understand, like I can't stand patience. Like that, I was told it was a virtue as a kid and then I realized that it really isn't on a day-to-day basis. I know love is patient. I guess I'm just putting it in the context of scaling up a business. You know, like people said to me, good things come to those who wait. No, not, not usually. Actually, leftovers, leftovers come to those who wait. Uh, you know, and so for me, the reason why I'm able to kind of scale up a business faster than most is I don't add time to my decision-making. In the micro, in the micro decision-making that I have to make all day, every day, incredibly fast. New bit of information comes up, we can't do that anymore, I'm going over here. New information, we're going over here. We're going this, we're doing that. I hear something, I, I find a team member that I think would be good, I put them on. I find one that's really, really bad, I move, like, I just don't add time. So in the micro, I move very, very quickly, but in the macro, I'm incredibly patient. In the macro, it's, it's strategic, because I know my patience in the macro will get me a better outcome, right? So this is not a virtue of patience, this is strategic patience, okay? Let me give an example of what I mean. Like, one of the things that I would love people to really grasp is the concept of less profit now is a much bigger business later. Less profit now is a much bigger business later. Like, you can't have both. You can't maximize your business this month and scale it up significantly to have a much bigger business in the future. You can't because you're taking everything out of it this month, right? Which means every dollar taken out is a dollar you can't multiply back in. So what I'm saying is start to think about strategic investments, employing team early, right? When you don't need team, get them early because that's what facilitates growth. Jumping to a bigger premises before you have to, investing in equipment before you kind of hit max. Like those things that I've kind of talked about on different shows, do them early, which means that you're burning this month's profit or this year's profit so that you can scale up bigger so that at some point in the future when you take profit, it's 30 times the size of the profit that you could have taken this month, all right? And I, like, like, like I really just wanna be black and white. You can't have both. If you have a short-term need to maximize, you, you, you can have all the dreams in the world, but you won't get there. So if you can start to live off less, that's why I say strategic patience, because for me, I'm like, part of me wants to take it all now, strip it out now, have more now, but I've learned that I can't have both. And so strategic patience for me is actually, don't take the money now, put it back in. Don't take the money now, put it back in. Don't take the money now, put it back in. And then of course, you know, by investing in time and, and, and team and, and facilities and equipment and scale and customers, then I can move the needle on the business, and when I do choose to make a profit, the number actually makes a difference. All right, so it's interesting for me because Proverbs 24, 27 says, let me just go there, Proverbs 24, 27, I wanna make sure I read it properly, says this, and this may not be one that you've heard of before, but it's one that I think about most days. Prepare your outside work, make it fit for yourself in the field, and afterwards build your house. Other versions basically say, 
work your fields before you build your house. And it's interesting for me because that's the concept of delayed gratification. So for me, I want to work my income streams, the field, I don't have a field per se, like I'm not out there with my oxen. I, I work your fields because then you have an underlying amount of produce to be able to make sure that when you build your home, it's all sustainable. Right, this, by the way, if you're, if you're scaling up a business right now and you don't have your own home because you're renting, this should bring you a huge amount of confidence, right? Because, because you know, the, you know we're supposed, the Joneses say that you're supposed to have this big, beautiful home, but the problem is the Joneses are broke. So by, by looking after your fields first and looking after the revenue, then when you do get your home, it doesn't come with any stress because it can be funded by the fact that you've worked your fields, right? But that comes from strategic patience not needing it now, but deciding that I'm going to play now with patience strategically so that when it does all kick in, life is sweet. All right. If you're liking this, I want you to start saying to yourself, I'm building my disciplines. I'm building my disciplines. All right. Number three says this. I think one of the other disciplines of success is always chase top line revenue, turnover revenue, wherever you are in the world. Revenue meaning Total sales, income for your business. Always chase top line revenue. And this is a little bit contentious because there'll be people, probably like accountants, who are like, yeah, but sometimes it's scary to scale up a business that you know has got some problems. I'm like, they've all got problems. I just reckon that 99% of the problems you can fix with more revenue, right? There are some, there are some fundamental problems in a business that can't be fixed with more money, but 99% of the problems you face can be fixed with more money. And so that's the reason why I say you should always be chasing top line revenue. It's the scale, when, when you scale up the revenue, that scale is what ensures a profit, right? Uh, you know, I'll, I'll just give you some basic maths, like your fixed overhead, you, you, you've got your fixed overhead whether you do $1 million of revenue or two. The fixed, the fixed overhead, like let's say, let's say rent, right? You got $5,000 a month in rent or something, right? You, you, you don't have $10,000 of rent necessarily, you may move, but just say all things being equal, you can do $2 million worth of revenue and, and stay in the same office. So, and, and you know, your phone system doesn't go to twice the price when you do twice the revenue, right? So. So those fixed costs, they stay the same. And as you scale up the revenue, then you obviously end up with more profit. It's the scale that allows you to do that. It's the scale that allows you to get your time back because you can, you can scale up and put the people in place. And you've got to push through a bit of a point where it's harder on you. But after you've got a bunch of team, actually it becomes easier on you. And so you, it's the scale that allows you to not only make the profit, but get your time back. And it's also the scale that stops you living in a world that I see a lot of business owners live in, which is like the one step forward, one step back world where they employ somebody and then it doesn't work out. Or they employ one person and one person quits. Or they get two customers, but they lose a big customer, right? And so they end up bobbing around and that's really frustrating. That's the, that's the place where most people quit. Whereas if you just decide to bust through and chase top line revenue and go from 100 grand a year to 250 or 500,000 to 3 million or like whatever's in your mind, like if you just commit to going for that top line revenue, along the way, by touching more things and doing more activity, you actually find a lot more benefits, right? Like you might employ somebody because you're scaling and you realize, huh, they've actually got a phenomenal skill set for this thing over here that's not going well, but I wouldn't have met them if I didn't scale up. And, and so I'll put the pieces together as I go.
okay? So that, that's what insulates you against the stop start, getting more profit and getting your time back. And there's a, there's a wonderful story in Genesis. It's Genesis 30, 31, and you'll, you'll know it. You'll know it. And it's the story of Jacob and Laban. And of course, you know, Jacob's getting ripped off by Laban and, it, and it's all a little bit, bit harsh. But in 31, um, so Laban's like, well, like, Jacob asks for some wages. Laban says, what can I give you? Jacob says, don't give me anything, but do this thing for me uh, and, I'll, and then I'll continue to look after your flocks. Let me pass through the flock today, removing the speckled and spotted, spotted sheep and the brown ones amongst the lambs. And then, uh, you know the story, right? He goes on to take the, the spotted and speckled animals and then he goes down to the watering hole and tears strips off these bits of wood to make them look and then they mate and then he ends up with a whole lot more right that's the that's the shortened version you know like like Jacob had a strategy to scale up his flock right he 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 had a strategy and he executed on the strategy so that he ends up with more right you know it's like I meet a lot of people who push back on the scaling up thing because they're like well if it's the Lord's will I'm like yeah but it was it was Jacob's will first and then the Lord blessed it, and then, and then he got his increase, right? So you can always be chasing that top line revenue, and you should. But it's a discipline. And the reason why it's a discipline is because it's a conversation you need to have every day. Every single day, you need to be asking yourself, where's the next round of growth? Where's the next round of growth? Are we doing a little acquisition and buying our competitor? Are we just going to put a lot more? Are we going to double our Google spend to get twice as many customers coming in? Like, like, where is the growth? Am I currently operating on the Gold Coast, but I'm going to do a Brisbane branch? Am I currently in Dallas and I want to go to Milwaukee? Like, where is the growth? Uh, the next round of growth is something you need to always be asking yourself, which means that you're always chasing additional top line revenue. For me, I'm in here every day going, what's next? We need to do this. We need to bring these people in. We need to scale this bit up. We need to go after that new revenue stream. That's every single day. And the reason it's not a strategy, it starts with a discipline. And the discipline is asking yourself every single day. Because if you're not chasing top line revenue, you'll just bob around. You'll bob around and you'll be blown by the wind and you'll get a good month and a bad month and a good year and a bad year, but you're not intentional about chasing it down. And that's what I think, you should, that's why it's a discipline. For me, every single day that I'm in my office and at home, I'm thinking to myself, where's the next round of growth? Where am I chasing top line revenue? How do I move the needle on this business so that I can build the size and the scale that gives me influence and profits and time back so that I can do more? That's a, that's a discipline that I had to work inside of me to ask that question every single day. By the way, if you're liking this, I want you to, you know, we've been saying I'm building my disciplines. If you've been saying I'm building my disciplines out loud, do me a favor and write it in the comments. I want you to type in the comments here, I'm building my disciplines. And by the way, I get those alerts and it's me that writes back to you when you write in those comments, right? Because I want to engage with you there. All right, last one. I think you should have, as one of the disciplines of success, you should have multiple accountabilities. Multiple accountabilities, meaning that you need to be accountable to multiple things. And let me just say, there are some people, um, and, and, and it's, it's not healthy, but there are some people who don't want to be held accountable to, you know, by anything or anyone. And in a sense, it's a little bit prideful to not be accountable. Um, you know, when you think about the centurion, like he said, I'm, I'm a man of authority, but I'm a man under authority. Like he was teachable, he was accountable, he knew he was accountable uh, to God. And so we, we need to be like that rather than be puffed up with pride and think that we have all the answers. No, no, there's, there's an act of humility that comes with being accountable. 
I know for me, when I'm not accountable or when I'm not consciously accountable of things, my natural position is to slip back to apathy. Like, I find that I'm not very good at holding me accountable. I mean, I, I can do it to a degree, but nowhere near as much as if I find some external accountabilities. For me, for me they, they, they just elevate the accountability so much more that things get done. Whereas left to my own devices, I would probably be coming into the office at midday and going home at two and eat a lot of chips on the couch. Like, I would probably, maybe not to that degree, but I would slip that way, right? I would not be my best. And so for me, I like to have multiple accountabilities. I'll give you an example. When my first daughter was born in 2008, there was a whole new accountability. Before, before I had a child, I was like, hey, just running around, and it was all about me and my wife. And then, then there's this beautiful little girl, uh, and she looks like me, and so now I have to feed her, look after her, make sure she's got a roof. And so the accountability of my life went here. I was like, man, I better produce. Like, I've got to produce now. Like, there's no, like, me and Kimberly could live with 100 bucks in our pocket and live happily ever after, but there's a kid, and they're going to need college and school and food and clothes. And, and so the accountability for me went up. Today, of course, now there's, there's three girls that give me extra accountability, um, but there's accountability with, like, my team. I feel like it's my job. I have an accountability to my team to set the vision, to make it a vision that they can win in, and then to support them achieve the vision. I'm accountable to them. I don't do that whole thing where it's like, do as I say, and, and I don't wanna hear from you, and that old boss style leadership. I'm like, no, I want each individual in the team to win in life. And so I'm accountable to their visions, their dreams, to make sure that they win in life. You know, I'm also accountable to my church. Like, like I, I'm accountable to them. They've got a building program. I need to be part of helping with that, helping fund it. So I need to, I need to go into business. I need to make more money than I need because I need to go and fund this project you know, to, to the best of my ability. And so that's an accountability thing for me. Like it makes me better because I have to produce more because I want to be able to give them more. Okay? And then you know, accountable to my assignment, doing these videos so that I can take the message of Kingdom Business and push it out as big as possible to raise up tens of thousands of Kingdom entrepreneurs so that we can go and make change in the marketplace. I'm accountable to that. If I didn't have this assignment, well, I don't know, I'd probably just like use this time to do something else. Like this is what holds me accountable to making sure that I perform at my best every single day. And so you need those multiple accountabilities. And if you, if, you, if you hate the thought of having something or someone hold you accountable, then you've got to audit that and ask yourself why and take that to the Lord. And, and then if you're happy to be accountable, find more things that expect more from you. You know, like, like one of the greatest things that you can do um, is start to make verbal commitments and then let your yes be yeses and your no be no's. Like, like I remember one year, uh, we hadn't had a holiday for quite some time and I grabbed my whole family and I said, we are going to New Zealand and we're hiring a massive motorhome and we're gonna spend two weeks cruising the South Island. Like, well, once I'd said it, I was now accountable to making sure that happened. So I had to go back into business, do a thing, make a load of money, book the trip and go, right? One of the greatest things you could do, right, if you've got kids, is to gather them together tonight when you get together around the dinner table and just make a commitment. Hey kids, we're going to Disneyland in 2023. By the way, they're gonna remind you every day that you made that commitment. Your accountability to them and that outcome is gonna go through the roof because they're gonna remind you, right? Some of you should actually call up your pastor and say, hey, listen, I can't, maybe I can't write the big checks, but I'm gonna push myself and here's my commitment for the year. I'm gonna fund this part of the church. And then you've got an accountability and a commitment. 
I think you need them as a discipline because they force you to level up and they force you to play a much bigger game and be far, uh, far more strategic. You know, and I think about the story of the Minas. The story of the Minas were to maximise. We're supposed to maximise our gifts and we get rewarded when we do. Right? So without accountabilities, my gift would just be played down. With those accountabilities, knowing that I need to do those things to be the best that I can be, to, to go somewhere near hitting my potential, I've got to plumb every single gift I've got, make it as sharp as I can possibly, and go and use that gift to the best of my ability. That's the only chance I've got of being my best and hitting my potential. So you, you should be considering you know, your gifts and the talents that God's put inside of you and using accountabilities to make sure that you maximize them. All right, we went through four, right? We went with active to passive transfer of wealth. We looked at strategic patience and playing the long game. We looked at always chasing top line revenue and we looked at having multiple accountabilities. I want you to do something for me right now. I appreciate the fact that you've got all the way here in the video, it means the world to me, but I want you to put a commitment into the comments. What do you need to work on most right now for you? Do you need to, do you need to start the transfer of wealth as so taking the active and putting it into passive? Do you need to start investing more now and living on less income so that you can build a big business? Do you need to start asking yourself, how do I chase top line revenue every single day? Or do you need to find some more things to be accountable about? One, two, three, four. Put a number one to four in the comments. It would mean the world to me. I also want the feedback loop of what is popping for you. All right. Hey, thanks so much. It would mean the world to me if you would share this episode. I know at the start I asked you to like it, but I'm a little bit greedy. I would love it if you would take the share button and go and SMS this out, email it out, uh, share it with a friend. That would be amazing if you would do that for me. All right, have a super week and I'll see you real soon. Thank you.